Hello, and welcome to Retrospection. It's so warm that for this episode, I've gone Commando, which is perfect because we're watching the Ernie Schwarzenegger actioner Commando from 1985. My name's Colin, and these guys eat way too much red meat. You talking about me? Yeah, you. And my name's Paul, and no, not Daddy. That was way creepier than it was in the film. I don't know, it was quite creepy in the film as well. <laughs> IMDB says a retired Special Forces colonel tries to save his daughter who was abducted by his former subordinate. That's pretty much the plot, yes. Yep, can't complain about that, can you? No, I mean, it is, it's a plot. Hmm, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, there's no B plot. <laughs> no, there really isn't. It stars Arnold Schwarzenegger as John Matrix. Ray Don Chong as Cindy. Dan Hedea as Arias, Vernon Wells as Bennett, James Olsen as Major General Franklin Kirby, David Patrick Kelly as Sully, and Alyssa Milano as Jenny Matrix. It's a pretty good cast, really, when you think about it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Lots of character actors that you see. I'm, I'll, I'll talk about a couple of them in a second, but lots of character actors that you see popping up in lots of things to this day. Yeah. It's got, and this is understandable from the director's previous work, a B-movie feel to it with an A-class budget. Absolutely. D did you make a list of some of his films? or Because I did. I'll, I'll... Do you want to do it? You can do it. Okay, well... No, I... you go ahead. Go ahead. Director Mark L. Lester, has, he's been responsible for quite a lot of films that we might end up covering on the podcast at some point in the future. Yeah. Films like classics such as Class of 1984, Showdown in Little Tokyo. That's a Dolph Lundgren film, I think, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes. Pos yeah. Poseidon Rex. Roller, nice. roller Boogie. Roller Boogie. Yeah. And the Stephen King adaptation of Firestarter. That's right. Yeah. But, yeah. but apparently Commando is his favorite of all the films that he's directed. Yeah. It's, it's what he describes a perfect film. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm sure, I'm sure that'll crop up again. Okay. One of the writers, uh, Jeff Loeb, he would go on to produce uh, Marvel shows like Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and the animated Hitmonkey show. Oh, you can see the connection. Yeah, I mean, the, it's over-the-top, unbelievable action, so that, that would, would, would be a connection. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Ray Don Chong shot a love scene, but it was deemed unconvincing and was dropped from the movie. I wonder what was unconvincing about it. So, oh, oh, I'll be back. I <laughs> <laughs> don't think I've ever seen an Arnie Schwarzenegger love scene. That's probably why. Also, I was thinking about this. Have we seen a Sylvester Stallone love yes, scene? Yes, yes, I'm sure. Wow. Isn't there one in that uh, terrible Sharon Stone First film? First Blood. <laughs> With Brian Dennehy in the woods. <laughs> oh, I think that's, a, that's another film that involves canoes. No, um, I think, is it called, um, um, I actually think I own it on Blu-ray, one of those weird Sylvester Stallone box sets. Um, it's, a, it's a terrible film with Sharon Stone in, I think. It's not Sliver. No, it's, no. A, it's an action movie. Oh. But yeah, I think he has a love scene in that. Okay, all right. But I can imagine that they're not, they're not great. No, no. He... Arnold Schwarzenegger, that is, performed many of his own stunts. 
Yeah, he, he suffered uh, a dislocated shoulder and he had numerous stitches during the shoot. But it's weird because there's 17 more stunt performers listed in the credits than actual cast members. Yeah, yeah. But apparently they couldn't find one that had his build. And, and it shows. Because when, when it isn't him, you can really tell it's not him as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, the mansion used in the final shootout between Matrix and Arius as the former Harold Lloyd estate in Beverly Hills is the same mansion seen in the final shootout between Axel Foley and Victor Maitland in Beverly Hills Cup. And both Matrix and Foley are trying to rescue somebody named Jenny in that mansion. How strange. Yeah. The, the shopping mall as well in the movie, um, that's been used in various other things. I think it's in Terminator 2. And it even shows up in the TV show Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, which you'll probably be covering in the uh, Buffy the Vampire podcast that you do. Yes, it's called Once More with Buffy. Thank you very much for, for, yeah, for bringing right. it up there, Colin. Yeah, yes, yeah, and it's co- co-hosted by yours truly. Shameless plug there. Um, and we, I think we've covered that episode actually already. Arius is said to be a dis- deposed dictator from the country of Valverde which is a fictionalized South Central American country used by Hollywood from the 1980s to early 1990s, uh, similar to Cuba, but, you know, doesn't cause diplomatic issues. Mm-hmm. But it's also referenced in Predator and Die Hard 2. So does that mean Die Hard 2 and Predator and Commander in the same universe? Oh, shared universe. That would be amazing, mm-hmm. wouldn't it? I can't believe yeah. that no one's jumped on that already. Yeah, I know. I mean, that, that's the kind of shit that flies these days, isn't it? It's all about the shared universes. Yeah. But it'd be a bit weird that lots of people look like Hardy. <gasps> Multiverses. Yeah, it could be, yeah. Mm. Vernon Wells gives an interesting performance in this film, doesn't he? He does, yeah. And he would describe his look in the movie as Freddie Mercury on steroids. Nice. That's a good look. You should go for that. <laughs> You've got the tash. It's a shame it's on top of your head. I think I could pull that look up. Yeah, I, I think you could too. And I could do the voice. Ew. See? What's what that? It does, isn't it? Isn't that one of the crows from the, uh, <laughs> the, the that <laughs> orange squash advert from the 80s? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, now you're going to do like, come down, I want to yeah. go home. <laughs> Are you allowed to I, do that, Paul? Seems I, a little racist. I don't. I was going to say, what what was that accent there, Colin? <laughs> what you just did. No, but you, 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 you. <laughs> no, I was doing Freddie Mercury. No, oh, you. No, hang on. Where you? Yeah, people are. It's amazing. I'm still here, isn't it? Really. Um, he, Vernon Wells is a fantastically over the top actor, and he's he's probably memorable to lots of people as the crazy Mohican biker in Mad Max Two. Um, apparently he said that he'd never heard, never even heard of Arnie before making this film. Well, what films had Arnie done before Commando? Well, that's a tough question for us for our research skills, isn't it? Conan and Terminator. Oh, well, the, oh, he'd done Terminator. Yeah, because that, he, that he said that the reason why he took this film in the first place was because he got to wear clothes for most of it. And, uh, he wasn't playing a robot, which is, uh, okay, I'll take your word for it, Arnie. That you're not played a robot. Jury's out. Ray Dawn Chong said she took it because she heard Annie was in it and knew it was going to be a hit because, you know. 
That's um, understandable, but you you got to say, they, they don't really have any chemistry, do they, on screen? <laughs> no, I guess not. I mean, but there's no, like, well, it's not like there's a romantic subplot between them anyway. Yes, which I'm sure we'll talk about when when as we go along, but that's surprising, really, isn't it, considering the kind of movie it is? Because he's, he's so fixated on getting his daughter back, and he's got this timer on his watch. He's just going to stop off for a quickie. Well, maybe he was ahead of schedule. <laughs> Wait, he could be quick. We don't know. We don't know, do we? That, that's true. That's true. It could be seconds. Exactly. I mean, he is a big guy, so he's probably not packing much, is he? Oh, jealous? Well, no. Doesn't don't they say that that uh, you know usually? No, no, no one says this is one of your this is one of your facts from history. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> where, no. Yeah, where it's just a made up I, piece I, of nonsense. I've I've heard. Right. From what? All the women you've been with to tell you, like, don't don't worry, you know, you know what they say, muscular men have small women, so you're okay, Paul. I've heard, don't I've heard worry it. about I've it. I've heard it. Anyway, um, the body count in this movie is 109. Really? That's not bad going. Yeah, and 102 of them are all killed by Arnie. Oh. Yeah. Original choice for John Matrix was? <laughs> Nick Nolte. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it was can't picture that myself. Well, I think originally it was it was a, a quite a different movie, wasn't it? It was more serious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The original actor for Bennett was a guy called Wings Hauser. You know this guy? Oh, I know Wings Hauser. Yeah. Do you personally? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks down the oh. road. Yeah. Uh, apparently, he was fired on the first day of filming. What did he do? I don't know, but even I've never lost a job on day one. No, usually it takes you at least two. Exactly. Right, before you've yeah, yeah. People have realised what kind of person you are. The the amusing thing though was that apparently it was too late to change the costume, so the same clothes were just used for Vernon Wells, and that's why they're kind of tight on him, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I read that. <laughs> that was funny. Apparently, the studio didn't want Ernie to speak at all in the movie. That would have been a strange choice, wouldn't it? Your hero doesn't actually speak. Yeah. Feel, oh, isn't the Kurt Russell film, Soldier, does he not speak in that for ages? It's been a long time. That's the science fiction one, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But how would those scenes have played where he's hanging out with his daughter at the beginning? Well, just you just been a montage of him just, like, playing with her. You know, throwing a ball and <laughs> pushing on a swing. <laughs> Kind of like what they do anyway, isn't it? Apart from the yeah, but yeah, without the without the what conversation, conversation. Oh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> without the conversation that we'll we'll talk about in a second. Or All two. right, uh, John McTurnham turned down the offer to direct this movie. Do you think it was too mm. too too not serious enough for him? Well, it depends when the script changed. That's true. Yeah, maybe he turned it down when the, when the script changed. And he didn't want to do yeah. it then. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Jeff Loeb originally wrote the screenplay with um, before Nick Nolte. He wrote it with uh, Gene Simmons of Kiss fame in the mind from Matrix. Oh, and is that why you're wearing a Kiss t-shirt in honor? I always wear a Kiss t-shirt in honor, Colin. Well, that, that in honor of what? Kiss, kissing, kissing yes. Uh, he wrote, he rewrote it for Nick Nolte to play Matrix once. <laughs> Gene Simmons passed on it. I mean, we, I can't see Gene. No, we we've seen Gene Simmons acting on the podcast. Yes, 
Yeah. Well, not no. He wasn't acting on the podcast. That'd be weird. <laughs> All right, during the podcast, and he, he was in the film Runaway. Yes. And how would you sum up Gene Simmons' uh, acting ability? He's no commando. He's not. He's not. No. No. This film was released the same year as Stallone's Rambo First Blood Part Two, and it kind of began the so-called Stallone Arnie rivalry as well. It did, yeah. During the the uh, they call them Reaganite movies during the Reagan period. Yeah. They they have the Reagan sense of politics. Yeah, and it shows, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. And Commando was filmed in roughly six weeks. It's pretty good, right? Yeah, they knocked it out, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, it takes us six weeks to do this shit. <laughs> now, did you read the list of the so-called listed names that auditioned for the role of Jenny? That couldn't have been a huge list. but I don't on. know, there's a few of your favourites in here, Colin. A few of my favourites. Mm-hmm. So that sounds like, it's a few of your favorites. Can you guess the names? Who do you think I'm referring to? No, we can't. Well, we're talking 84. It would have been Ali Sheedy. Nope. Actually, she'd be too old, wouldn't she? Because she, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, this, this is too hard for this this game. I, I lose. It'll probably get harder in a minute. Winona Ryder. Yep. Shannon Doherty. Elizabeth Shue. Indigestion again, Colin. <laughs> yeah, okay. Take some tubs. Drew Barrymore. Patricia Arquette. And uh, Jennifer Connelly. Yep, yep, yep. Few of my favorites. Shall we don our commando webbing and slide stealthily into the film? It's morning, and refuse collectors, or dustbin men, are out working in a suburban neighborhood. A couple are woken by the sounds, and the man is at first confused because it's not garbage day. But perhaps, suggests his wife, who has woken up with immaculate 80s-style makeup, the schedule has changed. He stumbles out of bed to take the garbage to the truck, uh, personally, you wake up, oh, garbage, maybe. Oh, we're just sticking in the garage. You know, I don't know because this is me every Thursday, Colin. What do you mean every Thursday? You just don't remember? <laughs> right. <laughs> this is. This oh, is... here we go. Oh, God. This is riveted, this is gonna be <laughs> riveted information. Uh, welcome to Paul's Garbage Talk. Garbage Talk. Oh, that, that actually sounds like a podcast. I know. <laughs> it's not what we do, is it? <laughs> no. Because uh, we don't sound like a podcast. Um, this is going to be riveting for the for the for the for the audience. Um, I know that the, the 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 bins are supposed to go out, but we don't have bins. We're not allowed bins in our street yeah, yeah, because yeah, it cause... it sets it it sets the tone of the neighbourhood down. So the council won't let us have bins. Right. So we have to bag everything. Mm-hmm. But we have a problem with foxes because it's there's, there's quite a lot of rural places around where right. Where right. So I don't. I'll put out the, the recycled things, you know, the cans and tins and things. So I've usually got quite a lot of cans to put out, Colin. I know you'll Is be surprised. Amazing. Yeah. 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 And you're yeah. not talking yeah. beans, right? No, no, no. Oh, right. One or two. One or two. Um, so I have to leave the, the rubbish bags until the morning and put them out maybe like uh, 10 minutes before. It. So this is me every Thursday staggering down the stairs, remembering that I've got to go and put the, the bags out before they come. Right, right, right. 
And, and your wife is laying next to you with her immaculate makeup. Of course. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't get, I don't, what happens to this guy doesn't happen to me, obviously, though. No, no. No. Right. Because good, good luck trying to get the bin men down my way to take a bit of wood if it's poking out of your bin too much, what let alone. You, what are you giving the garbage men wood for? Giving them a bit of wood? You never tried to give them wood? Not really. No? They're usually just like a tip. Just a tip. Just a tip, yes. Very yeah. good. <laughs> what, what, what were we talking about? Commando, that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he's taking uh, the rubbish out. This is how we turn a 90-minute film into four hours. I know. have to edit. <laughs> I'll leave it in. Be fine. So he stumbles out of bed, sent the garbage to the truck. He sees him in the street and calls out to them. I was afraid you'd miss me. Don't worry, we won't. Says one of the garbage men and takes out an Uzi and kills him. He doesn't just kill him, does he? It's a bit excessive what he does to him. Riddles him with bullets. Over and over again. Yeah. I mean, maybe he put something that shouldn't have been recyclable in the recycle bag. They, they do get touchy about that. They do. That is true. They? Yeah. 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 We cut to a car showroom. A guy is trying to sell a car and we recognize the buyer as being one of the garbage men. He sits in the car. You know what I like about this car the best? What, says the salesman? The price. He guns the car into gear and hits the salesman who ends up on the hood. The guy drives through the window, knocking the salesman off. He drives away. The salesman lays dead in the street. Would that kill him? Would being hit by a car and crashed through a glass window kill you? Wouldn't kill you if you're in a Marvel movie, Colin. Nothing kills you in Marvel movies, even if you're not a bloody superhero. And the same goes for DC, too. I know, I know. Ooh. All right. I know, it's been first, spreading the blame. Mm -hmm. We cut to a man climbing aboard a fishing trawler. He's called Bennett. Another guy is watching him. We then see the same guy who killed the two of us, and he has a remote control device. As the trawler leaves the dock, he flips the switch, and the boat explodes. There's no funny one-liner this time. You know, now they'll be fishing for him. Ah, uh, he's cast off. Ah, uh, he isn't going to need a bigger boat. You know, something like that. <laughs> that is what it's missing. Did you see that one of the sailors referred to him as Wes? No. Wes is one of the is the character name of the character that he played in Mad Max Two. Oh, that's right. Yes, mm -hmm. I remember reading that. Right. Yeah. Also, how did he get out of that? Wait, not no spoilers or anything, but we know he's not going to be dead. And how? How? Well, maybe he wasn't. He jumped over the side, the other side that we didn't see before the bomb went off. It was quite a big explosion. Yeah, he was in the water. I'm being kind of, I'm being silly, really, considering what's going to happen in this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This so, is a, yeah, yeah. It's very small. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Music kicks in as we cut to close-up shots of boots walking, muscles, chainsaw. You know, the director says that he took the idea of this from uh, Lenny Ruffelstahl's, you know, Nazi propaganda films. What do you think he's trying to say there, Colin? <laughs> oh, really? It's a confusing message. It, it, it is. It's, it's a bit dubious, isn't it, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's also, just, it's, it's also just muscle porn as well, isn't it? Your favourite. Favourite <laughs> kind, right? Although, you prefer oyster porn. <laughs> You like the fish stuff. Oh, wow. Squid? Nope. 
not touched a drop. <laughs> and we see John Matrix carrying a tree trunk over his shoulder. He's in a forested wilderness next to a log cabin. So, the music is interesting. It's our friend Mr. James Horner again, isn't it? Yeah, but he's gone for like strings, synths, uh, shakuhachi bamboo flutes, steel drums. Why is there a Caribbean feel to it? Well, do you remember the movie 48 Hours? Yes. It's virtually identical. Why is there a Caribbean feel to the music in 48 Hours? Uh, that is a very good question. That is a very good question. Don't know, right. but it's, we, we, we've encountered James Horner before where he would pretty much use the same music motifs from one film to another. And you remember Battle Beyond the Stars? Very similar to a certain Star Trek movie. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it, this is pretty much beat for beat the the music from Forty Eight Hours. I'm undecided if I like it or not. I think it for 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 all its strangeness, as you were saying, it kind of fits mm-hmm. with the movie, with with the images yeah. that are on the screen. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't get away with uh, you know. Austrian opera, could you really? That would really, you know, lay heavily into oh. <laughs> into the imagery that he's trying to project. <laughs> right, the Vulcan. Yeah, exactly, that was what I was thinking of. Yeah, okay. a little bit too heavy-handed yeah, there, wouldn't it? Yeah, a little bit. So we see him chopping wood. Somebody is sneaking up on him, but he sees him in the reflection of the axe. But luckily, it's just his daughter. Can you imagine if he'd mistaken it for a <laughs> head straight off a short yeah. film, would it? <laughs> He's like, uh, oh, we're in a wilderness. Don't want to find that. Pans over and there's about five other mounds all on the floor. (laughs) As the music comes down and changes to strings, we see him spending time with his daughter, eating ice cream, feeding animals, fishing, etc. You know, all the things you're doing. When when they were petting that deer, I I was really... (laughs) Okay. Do you know what it reminded me of? Do you remember, uh, is it Naked Gun? Yes. Where he's, he's dating her? Yes. And they're like, got balloons and they're eating ice cream, and they're laughing and all that stuff. And it turns out they've done it all in one day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it just made me think of that. As the music fades, we see John sitting at the table while Jenny brings over sandwiches. John is flipping through a magazine called Cream with two E's, which was an American monthly music magazine which ran from 1969 to 1989 but oddly at time of recording this has been relaunched two weeks ago is it really yeah oh okay check it out just yeah anyway john says why don't they just call him girl george it will cut out all of the confusion you know i think my dad yeah i think my dad made that exact same boy george joke back in the day (laughs) Would that be more confusing? It would, wouldn't it? Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. No. He's an idiot. What, my dad? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, let's let's not go right. there. This is not this is not a therapy podcast. <laughs> this is not paying you. No, I'm <laughs> literally not paying you. No, mm. literally. As they're eating, John hears the sounds of rotor blades. An army helicopter is approaching. You said you weren't going away anymore. You said you were through. You promised. I'm not going anywhere, he replies. Oh, I wondered how long it would take before one of us did an Arnie impersonation. (laughs) 
I'm not very good at any impersonations. It's just a general kind of is, sound. Let's just accept the fact that it's going to happen. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And let it, and let it, and let it, let it just let it yeah, happen. Yeah. yeah. This actor playing uh, Kirby, James Olsen, he recently passed away this April, in fact, and he was at the age of 91. Woo! Good going. And he's one of those character actors that you, you you probably wouldn't know his name, but he pops up in so much TV and film right. stuff from, from going all the way from the 60s, I think. Yeah. It's funny, usually they pass away just after we've re- released an episode about them. <laughs> yeah, it's true, we usually finish them off, don't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The chopper lands and Major General Kirby steps out. He calls for John, but he doesn't answer. Suddenly, John is behind Kirby and unholsters Kirby's gun. Silent and smooth as always, says Kirby. Should be. You taught me, John replies. It does amaze me that Arnie was never cast in a, in a G.I. Joe live action movie back then. He'd be perfect for it, wouldn't he? I mean, the voice, maybe. Yeah, but... yeah. I mean, yeah, and also it's amazing they didn't make an action figure. I, I know they made action figures of Commando and stuff, mm-hmm. but I mean a G.I. Joe figure that kind of looks like yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Probably get sued. Yeah, He's maybe. quite a good businessman, yeah. I think. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true, that's true. Kirby goes on to explain that somebody's killing John's men, even though they've been given new identities. He's not sure who it is because John has made so many enemies. What's that like, Paul? I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. What do you think of this plot? This, them killing... Does it make sense to you? <laughs> Not really. What's I mean, the wh- point of it? Wh- why, why go to all the trouble of getting him to do it? Right, because the guy's got a big army anyway. Yeah, I mean, I know that they use the... Don't they say something about that they want him to do it? Because he could he, get close. He can get close because he trusts him. But, yeah, but you don't need to get close. No. Just, just, you just need to shoot him. I'll, I'll just drop a bomb on him. But why all this subterfuge of like mm. killing? Why, why kill his other men and then? Why even pretend that Bennett's dead? Oh, giving it away there. But <laughs> why? But, well, we gave it away earlier anyway. Mm-hmm. Why? Why do it doesn't make? No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. No. All right. Kirby says he's going into the city to coordinate with the federal people, and they'll nail those bastards before they get close to John. He leaves two men, two, two whole men to help guard them, <laughs> even though these other guys have killed every single one of other John's colleagues. Mm-hmm. And now he's going to leave him just two men. It... I'd be like, oh, hold on, Kirby. <laughs> um, did, could you leave like five or six? <laughs> well, there's not enough room in the chopper, is there? Oh, is that what you it is? You could only bring two. And in all fairness... Like, Kirby's like, John, John, we had, I had 18 men, but we could only get one <laughs> helicopter. <laughs> so, once we had the pilot in, and he's a big guy... Yeah. Well, they crunched... We only had room for two of them. They crunched the numbers, and it just didn't work. You either hel- more helicopters or more men, but you can't have both. Yeah, yeah. and it's also like, Kirby, do you want to stay and help? Oh, no, no, i got to go talk to the, uh, the, the federal people. <laughs> He knows what's coming. He's not sticking around. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. In all fairness to Matrix, though, he does ask Kirby, are they any good? He does, yes, mm-hmm. yes. They're not. And what's Kirby, well, what's Kirby going to say? Nah, the shit, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the bottom of the barrel. I'm not wasting these guys. <laughs> well, he, he's going to find out in a second. Yeah. Is it bad? Jenny asks. I'm not leaving you, he replies. 
But as the chopper flies away, John senses something. Movement? A sound? Or another sense? He grabs Jenny just as a guy opens fire from a machine gun. Killing his two guards. That's them done. <laughs> John runs into the house. Bullets explode around them. John has to get his rifle from the garage. That's also weird, like, because isn't it's an American film done at the height of gun craziness? Like, when you have guns everywhere. Yeah, he stores them, doesn't he? In a, in yeah, a secure place. Very responsible. Place. Yes. Did, did you uh, see that the number that he types into the security pad is actually the emergency service number in Austria? Yeah, I did. I did know mm-hmm. that. Yeah. 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 They can't shoot for shit, though. I mean, they, 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 kill, they managed to kill these two guards, but they can't hit anything else other than plant pots, can they? Well, they're also not, they're not supposed to kill him. The... <laughs> There's bullets flying they everywhere. Him, but they need him for the job. So why are they carrying on shooting at him? Because they're, uh, they're, they're trying, to, trying to just uh, uh, yeah, um, <laughs> uh, disorientate him with the speed of the bullets. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> You're thinking on your feet there, Colin. It was very good. <laughs> One guard is badly wounded and John tells him to remember. They're downwind. The air current may tip them off. You think I could smell them coming? I did. Ooh, all right then. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you, you big nose. I know. I've worked with people like that. He tells Jenny to go to the bedroom and stay out of sight. He runs for the garage. In there is a room with a keypad. and Inside is an arsenal of weapons. He loads up. Meanwhile, from under the bed, Jenny sees a man enter a room. John re-enters the house into his daughter's bedroom, finding the soldier bodyguard dead. A man is sitting on a chair. Where is she? asks John. The man tells him that his daughter is safe. But if she stays that way, it's up to him. If you want your kid back, John sees cars leaving his home. And if you want your kid back, then you're going to cooperate, right? Wrong, says John, and kills him. These are, um, there's a lot of lines in this movie from Terminator, you know. Is there? Yeah. In the, in the first Terminator movie, when he goes to, to the gun shop and uh, he starts to load the guns in the gun shop and the guy says, oh, you can't do that. And he turns around and he goes, wrong, and just shoots him. Maybe that was his cat. Maybe they were trying out catchphrases. Well, he does a few of them in this movie, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. He runs to his truck, but the engine has been disabled. He pushes the vehicle over the side of the hill and jumps in. It bashes and smashes down the hill, hitting branches. It narrowly misses the cars and rolls over and crashes. John staggers out as the vehicle explodes behind him. The kidnappers fight him, and at first it looks good for John, but he's knocked down and a gun is pointed at his chest. Why didn't they just stop and let him just go flying past them? He can't just stop. Why not? He just stop and he just carry on. He's got no brakes, so he's just going to go... Well, they, they, won't, they won't instantly stop. He'd slide, momentum. But they can see him coming. They couldn't see him coming. They were concentrating on the road. It'd be All very right. picky on this film, Paul. I know, I would do this if it was a Hammer or a Marvel film. Depends on the Hammer or Marvel film. They, they do love, or they did used to love showing us just how strong Ernie could be in these movies, couldn't they? Any chance yes. they could get of him pushing or pulling something or flexing his, his, his pecs. Mm. That's what you're paying for them, aren't you? So you might as well use them. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. Yeah, yeah. That's what they say about you, right? 
got the pay up for him, so you might as well use him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fair comment, yes. But John is startled to see one of his men, Bennett, who thought he'd been killed. But Bennett has wanted to pay him back ever since John had him thrown out of the unit. Do you know what today is? He asks John. Payday. He fires a dart into John who is knocked out. John wakes up chained to a table. The kidnappers are around him, including a man called Arius. John recognizes him as a scumbag who tortures people. Ben, Bennett's dress sense. Can we can we talk about this for a second? Oh, it's, it's been a long time since we've had a, a, a clothing criticism from you. Do you get the sense that it's like something from the Blue Oyster Bar in Police Academy? I didn't, but I see your point. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Just, just, just saying. I mean, he's kind of wearing a string vest. Yeah. With. Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 you don't own a string vest? Uh, no, because I wasn't born in uh, 1940, Colin. Oh, you weren't? No. Hmm. Surprising. You just you just look like you did. <laughs> it's a tough life, isn't it? It is very tough. Yeah. Yeah. Arius tells John that he's going to the country of Valverde and kill the president that John helped overthrow him. John asks why he doesn't just get Bennett to do it. Arius says that President Valesquez trusts John, while Bennett has left under a cloud. John can get close to the president. Gosh, John refuses, but Bennett reveals his daughter is tied up. Bennett holds a knife to her throat. Either John kills the president, and Aris will release John's daughter, or he'll mail her to him in pieces. Nice. Well, I mean, not nice, but... No. I mean, I'm not... You know, weird, Paul. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not... Like mailing people? In pieces. Joe, considering how bad the uh, postal surface is, you might not even get all the pieces. No, oh, there'll be something that goes wrong somewhere, you know. Yeah, can you imagine that? You, like, mail the pieces of his daughter to him. And then, like, two weeks go by, and they went, why hasn't he answered? <laughs> and they're calling, and like, um, have you received any packages recently? I, I did receive a sorry you weren't in message. <laughs> but when I went to the post office, there was nothing there. They're like, a, how many more pieces of his daughter have we got? No, in my life, I'd get someone else's daughter. Oh, I'd, I'd rephrase that. I mean, pieces of her, pieces of her. I'll cut, cut, I'll cut that. Wait, no, that doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or it would go to next door. Yeah, go to next door. Because they... It opened it up. They never bring it round. No. No, oh. never. I'd do it for them, but they won't do it for me. You, you'd bring pieces of their data around to them. <laughs> if, I, if, I, saying, if I had them, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which right. I don't. No. Don't you think they've got a daughter? Yeah. Okay. Yet. No, they've got, they haven't got a daughter. They've got a dog. Oh. I, I really hope that they don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> You're safe, though. Yeah. Back at John's home, Kirby's cleaning up the mess and the bodies. He knows if John is still alive, there'll be more bodies to clean up. We cut to an airport. John gets out of a car with the others. Bennett tells him that Sully will see John boards the plane... And Henriquez is going with him to make sure he gets off at the other end. If Bennett doesn't hear from either of them, then John's daughter is dead. This actor playing Sully, David Patrick Kelly, I think he cornered the market at one point for playing scumbags, didn't he? He's in 48 Hours, The Crow, Twin Peaks. He was your man for a scumbag. I'm pretty sure he's been in an episode of Miami Vice too. Probably. Man. Probably. And, to and talking about Miami Vice, Arius couldn't get any more stereotypical if he tried, could he? He's like the worst excesses of those kind of characters from Miami Vice. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As Bennett gets back in the car, John grabs the door and leads in and says, I'll be back, Bennett. There you go. Yeah. It's amazing how Arnie's kind of bad when he's delivering his own catchphrases, really, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Maybe maybe it's the pressure. You know, like when every actor who plays James Bond has to say the name's of Bond, James Mm -hmm. Bond, they, they freak out. Could be, could be that. Although, saying that, it was only his second movie. It's not like it was a big catchphrase already. Hang on, he'd done uh, Hercules in New York. He doesn't say, I'll be back in Hercules. I meant for the catchphrase. Oh, for the catchphrase. So he's still, he's still, he's still testing it out, road testing it. If what yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. You, your, your theory is that he's testing various catchphrases. Yeah, 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 he's seeing which will stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice to see you to see you nice. That one didn't stick, did it? <laughs> Can you imagine that? <laughs> Oh, shut that door. <laughs> <laughs> no, that'd be one of Bennett's, wouldn't it, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would be, yeah. Inside the airport, the three make their way through security. Solly pushes some money into John's pocket. Have some beers in Valverde. You'll give us some more time with your daughter. You're a funny man, Solly. That's why I'm going to kill you last. Henriquez and John board the plane. Inside, John asks for a blanket and a pillow. He fastens his seatbelt. The plane backs away from the terminal. Quickly, John breaks Henrique's neck, then uses the pillow and blanket to make it look like he's sleeping. Nobody saw that? Apparently, they had a a Marine, an American Marine, who taught them a way of killing somebody silently. Oh, okay. That's fine. There you go. Did you you recognize the actress playing the Earth Stewardess? It was Benny Hill with her wig, right? (laughs) Funnily enough, not. No. Oh, who was it? It was the actress that went on to play Teela in the Masters of the Universe movie. Oh, okay. I don't know if that's a step up or a step down from this. Depends on whether you love the Masters of the Universe movie. See earlier podcasts. and you'll find out. Yeah. He asked the flight attendant how long the journey is. It's 11 hours. Please don't disturb my friend. He's dead tired. You know, it, it takes a lot to find someone that that delivers Bond-type quips even worse than Timothy Dalton did. Hmm. That, that's a bit of an odd one, considering you're a Timothy Dalton Yeah, fan. but we both know he couldn't do it. He, he was a great Bond, don't get me wrong. Love it, loved those movies. We're both fans of those movies. But he couldn't do the quips, could he? He couldn't pull it off. Too serious an actor. Didn't work. Yeah. All right. Whereas Daniel Craig knocks him out of the park. Well, someone should knock him out of the park. Sully watches the plane taxi down the freeway. Freeway. There's all these cars. What's this plane doing uh, here? I wouldn't be surprised oh if that happened in this movie, would you? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sully watches the plane taxi along the runway. Meanwhile, John heads to the bathroom. He sees an elevator and steps in. He takes him down to the lower part of the plane. Now... I actually did some research here because I was like, elevator in an airplane. Turns out, yep, some airplanes do have elevators. He heads back and opens a cargo door. He rips open a partition and can see the undercarriage. He opens a hatch. Meanwhile, as Sully sees the plane traveling down the runway for takeoff, he knows no normal person could get off now, so Mm -hmm. he leaves. We cut to John clinging to the undercarriage. As the plane takes off, it flies over some marshland. He drops down and clambers out. As the plane flies away, he sets his watch for the duration of the flight. He now has 11 hours to rescue his daughter before the kidnappers realize he was never on the plane. All right. 
ignoring the fact that the takeoff speed of a plane is roughly around 200 miles per hour. <laughs> yes. And I'm pretty sure he wouldn't be able to keep hold or survive mm-hmm. the fall. Or there must be some alarms going all over the cabin of this plane for all the things that he's just done. You would think so. You would hope so, at least. It's still a good way of creating a deadline. It is. It is, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought that up, though, because I was thinking. I'm pretty sure he'd just explode on impact, wouldn't he? As he ju- even if he jumped into the oh. swamp. I don't think it'd explode. It's a swamp. It's watery, but he wouldn't survive at 200 miles per hour. Plus, you'd be going that way. Yeah. You don't just drop. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. Is that it? Plus, you wouldn't be. Plus, you wouldn't be able to hold on to the undercarriage. There's 200 miles per hour wind hitting you in the face. It works for the this kind of movie, though. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. We cut to Sully reporting that John is on the plane. Arius is pleased that everything is running on schedule. Back at the airport, John sees Sully near the phones. Sully starts to creep on a flight attendant who is on the phone. This is Cindy. It really weird. Like, it's just interrupting a phone call. Does he think this is going to work? Is this the technique you use? I, <laughs> I wrote the exact same thing, Colin. <laughs> You what, knew. what you wrote? You wrote this is the technique I use. I wrote so, Colin. Does this pickup tactic usually work for you? Yeah. See, beat you to it, didn't great I? Great minds, eh? Great minds. Yeah. yeah. Well, well I say great, but yeah. some kind of mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think he's. Uh, he, 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 it's just to establish that he is literally a slime ball, isn't he? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cindy hangs up, and Sully starts harassing her, and she walks away. But then he continues to follow her. Meanwhile, John is following Sully. Cindy gets into the car park and unlocks her car. Sully follows her, still harassing her. Mm-hmm. Can't take no for an answer, this guy. She tells him to go away. He does, but not without first calling her some names. Yeah, doesn't he say, and I quote, this is from the movie, fucking whore. Yeah. Bit harsh. Uh, not, not even a bit. Well, it kind of happens later in the movie by someone else as well. Refers to her as uh, something that's completely uncalled for as well. Mm. Mm. As she gets into the car, she's grabbed by John. He tells her he's not going to hurt her, but makes her get into the car. What's the bond connection, Paul? Is it the car? Yes. Okay, it's the car. Right. So, uh, Uh. on Her Majesty's Secret Service? Nope. Bollocks. Go on, tell me. The car she drives is a Sunbeam Alpine, which is the first ever Bond car. Is it really? Yep, it's the one from Dr. No. I, w- I wouldn't have got that. Yeah. Damn. No, that's why I did it, to feel superior. Did it work? <laughs> yes. <laughs> At least you're honest. <laughs> <laughs> so, like you said, he rips the passenger seat out of her sports car. And they watch Sully get into his yellow Porsche and drive away, and he tells Cindy to follow him. As they're driving, Cindy starts talking to John. He tells her to stay close to Sully. She asks him what's going on. He says, a guy I trusted for years wants me dead. That's understandable, replies Cindy. I've only known you for five minutes, and I want you dead too. You've got to say, she's taking all this rather well, isn't she? Yeah, well, there's not much choice, mm. really, is there? No, but, I mean, she's, she's quite together. She's not uh, freaking out or She's anything. not screaming, thankfully. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it gets worse her reaction to things yeah. gets worse 
as we yeah. go along. But okay. Sully packs in a shopping mall car park. John follows, pulling Cindy along. Inside the mall, he explains to her that his daughter has been kidnapped and that the man they are following is the only chance he has of finding her. John asks her to bring Sully over to them. He'll take over. Then she can go back to her life. She agrees. Sully enters a restaurant. Reluctantly, Cindy follows. But in the restaurant, she tells a security guard about John being a maniac and kidnapping her. He goes to investigate. Sully hands over some money and gets a bunch of passports in return. Meanwhile, the security guard has taken a glance at John and, you know, rightly calls for backup. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, doesn't Sully say to the guy that he meets, this used to be a great place for hunting slash? Yeah, yeah, the, the guitarist. <laughs> I see that's what he meant, right? I hope so. Yeah, well, I, I know. A quick, quick aside as well. Why does Matrix, whenever he looks at his watch, why does the countdown make very loud beeping sounds as it counts down? Do, do, do all watches do this? The watches that have those special countdowns, yes. Really? Special yeah, yeah. countdowns for movies just like this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're called Matrix watches. Named Matrix watches. Ah, okay. Right, okay. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. You're welcome. Okay. In fact, beep, beep, beep. <laughs> Mine's doing it right now for the end of this podcast. <laughs> Is that what you do every podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I look at my Matrix watch and go, oh, Jesus. It's easier for you. You're not recording at nearly two o'clock in the morning, Colin. That's true. That's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sully spots Cindy and follows her as she leaves. As they exit the restaurant, they see John fighting the security guards. Sully is frantic. John wasn't on the plane. He tries to grab a quarter from Cindy. That that makes me laugh too. You forget like, oh, they don't have cell phones. They need need money (laughs) to make phone calls. I know. We're we're, we're so used to it now, aren't we? Yeah. John sees Sully running for a phone. If Sully makes the call, then John's daughter is dead. Sully shoots at John from inside the phone booth. John picks the phone booth up and throws it. <laughs> He's basically a superhero in this movie, isn't he? Well, they did make phone booths of light material back then. Not as light as that. Although they did make this one out of... Um, I, I think I read that it was made out of balsa wood so that he could lift it. Ah, right. Mm-hmm. A fight breaks out. Cops chasing John, John chasing Sully... One cop is about to shoot John, but Cindy knocks him down the stairs. John swings around the mall on some bunting, but Sully manages to jump into his car and drive away. John jumps into Cindy's car and gives chase. As he goes past the mall exit, Cindy flags him down and jumps in. She starts screaming, and, Are you going to tell me what's going on or not? She asks. No, he replies. <laughs> why does she... Why does, it, why does he even stop to let her in? But, but why does she go back with him? She wants a car. Are she's suddenly now, mate. She's tough, this girl, isn't she? Yeah. I mean, she's she's spunky. It, th- this is the day that if you're going to pull a sickie as a as a mall cop, this is the day to do it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But I, I, I also like if you go, I need backup. Who is it? That guy over there. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> take the long way round. Yeah, you would, wouldn't you? Yes. Yeah, get in the it's elevator, stunt, hit the bell. <laughs> oh, it's stuck. <laughs> I can see you. You're standing over there. Uh, no, oh, no, I'm not. No, no, look, just, just <laughs> mime, like, pushing the button. Start working, mate. <laughs> it is a good stunt, though. Yeah, and he swings is. on the... Yeah. yeah. Not sure it would hold him, but all right. 
No, it's super strong. It's made of stronger stuff than the phone booth. It must be, yeah. yes. <laughs> John continues to chase Sully. They try to bash each other off the road. Sully shoots at him, but misses. Sully's car turns over and John crashes into a pole, but they're okay. John grabs Sully and finds a key with a motel tag on him. He grabs Sully and dangles him over the cliff. You can't kill me, John. You need me to find your daughter. Sully goes on to say that Cook knows where John's daughter is and he can take John to Cook. I already know where he is, says John. Dangles a key fob in front of Sully. Remember, you promised to kill me last. I lied. He lets Sully fall. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of fun, that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Cindy looks at a smashed up car. Well, now you don't have a car. John pushes the Porsche back on its wheels. Now I do. She asks him what he did with Sully. I let him go. It is an amazingly self-repairing car as well. Yeah, uh, well, you know, Porsche's... Did you notice... Well, they could just literally... Uh, Well, it's actually actually Bumblebee from the Transformers. (laughs) (laughs) Makes sense. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. The drive away... It's a a good one-liner, though. Oh, yeah, there are is. some good lines in this movie. There are, yes, there are indeed. They drive away while John explains what the plot is. Back with the kidnappers who now appear to be in Valverde. <laughs> Sorry, that. <laughs> well, he does, doesn't the he? Way you, uh, no, it's just the way you worded it. It's so matter-of-factly. Like, yeah, he explains the plot. <laughs> yeah, he just, just tells what the film's about. Yeah, Arius yeah, puts yeah. Jenny into an empty room and tells her to stay put. Crying, she crumples to the floor. I think Bennett needs to worry less about Matrix and more about his cholesterol levels. Why, is he eating a lot of uh, fatty foods? What do you think? I try not to when I'm watching this. Hey, hold it. I'll be back, Bennett. So Matrix and Cindy arrive at the motel and Cindy starts to follow him in. Apparently now she's all in. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean... What's she going to do, sit in the car? Well, I'm still questioning why she's even there, but okay. Yeah, let's go with it. This motel's straight out of Miami Vice as well. It's all garish neon signs and little glass wall things that were everywhere at the time. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it screams 80s, doesn't it? It does, yeah. They sneak into the room, but it's empty. Matrix looks around. But outside, Cook arrives back. He knocks on the door. And Matrix tells Cindy to mess up the bed and he rips open her blouse and tells her to answer the door with the pretense that she's had a good time with Sully. Yes. Just just go with it. Cook is naturally suspicious and he tells her to back up as he enters, calling for Sully. Matrix leaps out, punches Cook and they have a fight scene with some really over-the-top sound effects going on. Yeah, yeah, it's very 80s. It is. Lots of Fwacking. Lots of what? Fwacking. It was hard to say. Uh, Don't ask me to repeat it. It it seemed hard, yes. Yeah. Well, did it? Sorry. Cook asks Matrix if he's scared, because this green beret is going to kick your ass. Matrix quips back, I eat green berets for breakfast, and right now I'm hungry. I'd prefer prefer Weetabix, wouldn't you? (laughs) Plus, when he says, like, I eat green berets for breakfast, does he mean... He just eats the hats. He just eats the green berets. He doesn't eat anything else. He's like, I wouldn't touch red berets because, you know, they give me the runs. Maybe, yes. You don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cindy points out that this is all, and I quote, macho bullshit. 
Did you know that all her lines in this scene were made up by her? I didn't, but it kind of makes sense. Yeah, they're all mm -hmm. ad-libbed. Well, I mean, she's probably, as an, act, as an actor, she's probably struggling for things to do in this scene anyway, isn't she? Because it's not about... She's no. got nothing to do. Yeah, it's not about her. During the fight, Matrix kicks Cook into the next room where a man and a woman appear to be making a bit of a naughty video themselves. Yeah, because there's a little camera on a tripod facing the uh, bed. Yeah. Cook pulls a revolver on Matrix, but the gun is empty, and Matrix overpowers him. At one point, picking him up by the testiculars and flinging him around. The testiculars? Yes. Oh, I've been there on holiday <laughs> once. This is Spain, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a bit windy though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's not it's not in Upper Spain. It's down in the lower regions. The gonads. Yes, yes. Right. Yeah. 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 Can get sticky though, can't it? In the summer, mm. hot and sweaty. Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I had some hurry times though. I tell you. Did you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. yeah. Anyway, he he finally impales Cook on a bit of wood that's sticking. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Matrix searches him and takes his car keys. And he and Cindy search Wait. the car. Takes his pants? No, his car Not car keys. Car keys. Oh, sorry. Sorry, it's the accent. I had trouble. And he goes outside and instantly looks at all the cars that are parked out there and says, oh, this must be Cook's car. How does he know? Because it's, kind of, it's the kind of car a Cook would drive. It's got a chef's hat on it. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Grease stains everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luckily, it's getting worse. It really is. Luckily, luckily, Cindy finds a receipt for fuel for a small aircraft. Conveniently, she's studying to be a pilot. And her instructor gets his fuel from the exact same place. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you know what's funny, though? I was like, what a, what a huge coincidence. She's a you know, flight attendant who's learning to fly a plane. And then somebody I know who is a flight attendant, just passed her uh, pilot's license. So I was like, ah, get caught. <laughs> Who am I to say? Exactly. <laughs> but it actually has happened to someone I know. They take Cook's car and they head out. Arriving at the fuel depot, Matrix shows off his strength by just ripping the padlock off the gates and sneaking inside. It's funny, like, as a writer, like, you, you have to think of creative ways to get around situations. But because you've got Arnold Schwarzenegger and he's like about his strength, you can just go, eh, he just rips the padlock off. It, well, I mean, it works in terms of the film and in terms of the actor. It does. But I'm pretty sure no matter how strong you were, you couldn't just rip a padlock off like that. Well, you know. Oh, here we go. I, I'd like to say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Is it, you know those tiny padlocks you get on your like, luggage oh, yeah, that you put yeah. on? <laughs> So, eh, trying to pull one <laughs> You're right, I can't do it. <laughs> and, then, and then resorts to, like, you know those those children's pink diaries? They got little little children. So, done it. <laughs> then you spend 20 minutes flexing in front of a mirror. You just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, going, ah, oh, see? Pull a padlock <laughs> off a children's Why are you diary. pulling padlocks off children's diaries, Colin? Because they shouldn't be keeping their secrets from me. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll leave that one there then, I think. Best for the best. Climbing up a drain pipe, he finds a way in. People in the warehouse are moving crates of weapons around. A matrix creeps about. 
Now, mm. I thought this was just a, a place where they got fuel from, but really it's somewhere where they're shipping weapons out. Yeah, it's like the dispatch place for all the military hardware that's going to Valverde. Okay, so is Cindy's flight instructor who gets his fuel from this place in on all this, or is he just a customer? He's just a customer. You need a cover. Okay, so yeah, yeah. all right. Okay. Yeah. He finds an office, beats up a guy and hides him in the closet before opening a window and letting Cindy in. Yes. Studying maps, Matrix uncovers the coordinates of a small island and he deduces that it must be where they've taken Jenny. Fair enough, yeah. And then Cindy finds a photo of an amphibian plane and Matrix concludes that they use that to fly out there. It, it's just a photo. There's a, there's a lot of leaps of faith going on here, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Well, what do you want? Like arrows? I mean, to be honest, I'm surprised they're not arrows. But <laughs> Yeah, pretty much, yeah. yeah. Can you imagine if they found a, a photo of an ice cream van or something? That must be how they're getting out there. So they go, yes. go off chasing ice cream vans or... Yeah, yeah. Stop the it... flakes. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he likes a Magnum. Oh, I bet he does. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. Yeah, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Oh, well, it's good of you. Do they have Magnums anywhere else other than England? Oh, you gonna you have to explain the joke now? It, it, it's an ice cream. Yeah. yeah. And it's but also... A, a TV series, yeah. Oh, it's a TV series too, yeah. yeah. Lots and of things. And a gun. It's a joke that works on so many levels. Yeah, but we've ruined it now. You have, yeah. It, it's gone from being a joke... To be in... Oh, trust me, it was never a joke. Let's not get carried away. All right, all right, all right. Get ahead of myself. Yeah. They also work out the location of the plane and they head out. But first, they need to go shopping. They do. For Magnums. Pulling up to a gun store, Matrix drives a construction digger, which she's just laying around, into the shop and begins loading weapons and gear into the car. This bit yeah. is just a doomsday prepper's wet dream, isn't it? It is, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Especially the secret room with all the good stuff hidden away, including a rocket launcher. Oh, they like flinging lettuce. <laughs> Fortunately, Matrix is so caught up in his supermarket sweep that he drops his guard and he gets arrested by the police that have turned up. <gasps> Imagine if Dale Winton had turned up. I met him once. Did you? In yeah, a supermarket? Yeah. Please tell me it was a supermarket. No, it was a toilet, actually. Uh, let's, let's move on. It's a true story. I met him in a toilet. Was George Michael nearby? <laughs> no, it was, it was in the toilets of, um, the, um, I forgot what that place this is, is called. This, this, this is a story that only appeals to a certain audience. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> no one, no one outside the UK has heard of Dale Winton. It was, uh, what's that big, um, <laughs> what's that, go. what's that big venue in London that's round where they put concerts on and things? The O2? No, the old one. The Millennium Dome? No, the old one. Wem- Wembley? No, the old one. Older than that. Where they have the I proms. Don't live there. Where they have the proms and all that. Royal Albert Hall? Yes, it, yeah. In the toilets in there. It's a great story, isn't it? Uh, Is that it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was in the toilets. And I was in the toilets as well. Oh. Yeah. Right. I met, quite a, right. I met quite a few famous people in toilets, actually, in my time. Well, you should stop hanging around toilets. <laughs> Maybe they're the ones hanging around. Gets you in trouble. I know. So they they take Matrix and they put him in a police truck. 
Cindy, however, has been watching and follows in the car. Pulling alongside them at the traffic lights, she distracts them with her feminine charms. Ooh. And one of the cops, seeing a woman in a car all alone, smiles and deduces that, and I quote, it must be a hooker. <laughs> right. Mm. Yeah. As they pull away, Cindy lifts the rocket launcher and fires, but in the wrong direction. She spins it around and takes out the truck. Good plan, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, you could have just killed everybody. Pretty much, but luckily Matrix... Although, even if she did kill anyone, it's not really... What She's like, oh, I've killed the guy who kidnapped me and ruined my car. And Again, why is she still there? She's got the car to herself now. The guy's been arrested. Well, now, now she's, you know, she, she cares for uh, Matrix and his daughter. That she's never met. Yeah. She's invested. Some, some people, Paul, have empathy. <laughs> Sorry, what? You, yeah, yeah, yeah. You should look it up. It's an interesting word. Where would I find it? Uh, you mean like in a dictionary under E, but, or do you mean like in yourself? Just generally empathy. Where would I find it? Um, you go down the M6. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. Okay. Is it near Bradford? Is that what we're talking? Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's just south of there. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll look for it next time I'm in town. You should do, okay. yeah. Luckily, though, Matrix is fine. And as he's staggering from yeah. the wreckage, he asks her where she learned to do that. I read the instructions. And do you remember when he gave her the rocket launcher mm -hmm. and she put it in the cart mm -hmm. and she spun the cart around? What was on top of the cart? Go on. A rocket launcher instruction manual. There you go. It's, it's perfect. Perfect that writing. Was, there was, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. See, as much as we might make fun of this movie, modern action movies could learn a thing or two from this. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think so yeah. too. There's some nice little touches. Mm -hmm. At the bad guy's compound, Arius is worried about Matrix completing the job. But... <laughs> Sorry, I just got a, bit, a vision of like actual sign saying bad guy's compound. <laughs> they might as well, hadn't they? You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it should do. But Bennett thinks that as long as he believes he'll get his daughter back, he'll do exactly as he's told. In her room, however, Jenny gathers herself and starts to come up with a plan. She is a father's daughter. She is. Matrix and Cindy arrive at the docks, and after taking out some guards, they load their gear onto the plane. But as more guards start to appear, Cindy has doubts about being able to fly the thing. This isn't a plane, she cries. It's a canoe with wings. Then get in and start paddling, he tells her. Good, mm -hmm. like it. As she starts the engine, Matrix takes out an approaching jeep. But the plane won't start. But after he gives it a bit of a slap, they get going and they bumpily take off. Back at the site of the gun store, Kirby, who's been following Matrix around the entire movie so far, yeah. he tells a colleague that he's expecting World War Three. Well, he only had to wait about 35 years and he'll get there eventually. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. true, yeah. yeah. The Coast Guard contacts the plane, telling them to change course or risk being shot down. And it's a young Bill Paxton. It is, that was a surprise. Mm -hmm. He's in lots of Arnie films, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, mostly the James Cameron ones. Yeah, right? True Lies, Terminator. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They fly close to the water in the hope that the waves will camouflage their signal, which it does. Back at the compound, Jenny has removed the door handle 
and she starts to use it to loosen the boards at the window. Ooh. In the hallway, Bennett is amused by some of Aris's soldiers talking tough and tells him that he and Matrix could kill them all in a second and that Matrix will be back and only he can protect him. Aris believes Bennett is scared of Matrix. Of course I am, Bennett replies. I'm smart, but I have an edge. I have his daughter. Yeah. So Matrix and Cindy land near the island, just as the plane carrying the dead body of the goon that Matrix killed earlier lands at the airport. I'll call him a goon because I can't remember his name. Henriquez? Ah, it's good enough, isn't it? Okay. Matrix, now in just his underpants, nothing else. Loads of dinghy with guns and ammo to take to the shore. Wait, couldn't she have landed a little closer? Especially if she actually does drive right up to the shore at the end of the movie, doesn't she? Yeah. I, I just, I've just got pictures of him like rowing, and then it's like two hours later. He's like, oh, mother of... <laughs> just, just still rowing, <laughs> trying to get the... He's rowing so hard. He's like, oh, oh, my back. <laughs> uh, that amused me. Just me. Yes. Well, that's, that's, that, that's what's the most important thing, Colin. It is, yeah. Yes. Maybe that should be a new catchphrase, which is, but done in an Arnie accent. Oh, my back. <laughs> <laughs> so he takes the stuff to the shore, but he gives Cindy a message first that she's to broadcast on the radio for Kirby. He tells her not to break radio silence until the bad guys see him. How will I know, she asks. Because all fucking hell is going to break loose, he replies. It's like, whoa, what's that a language? I know, it's a bit harsh, isn't it? Yeah. She wishes him good luck, and he rows to shore, giving us an excellent shot of Ernie flexing his pecs back and forth. Mm. Yeah. I, do you think this is where they probably did the love scene? Before, on the plane? On the plane? Who's flying? Yes. Well, we're, maybe they land, and then, like, he, he gets on the job, and then he gets on the job, if you know what I mean. I mean, where else would it have been in the movie? In 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 the hotel room, with the dead body impaled on the floor. Oh yeah, that's yeah yeah yeah. Oh, we didn't that's say a turn on, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, like you've never. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe before all that happens. What when he's just met her? Yeah yeah. Where else would you put it? <laughs> right at the end of the movie. After yeah, they've rescued the, Jenny. The hey, maybe this was the original closing credit stinger that they now do. <laughs> yeah, where else would you put it? No, it could yeah. be on the plane. I mean, why would you... You wouldn't land off the island that you're about to invade and then have sex because, you know, some soldier just goes, oh, look, there's a plane over there. Where does that come from? <laughs> Gently rocking on the waves. <laughs> well, it's going to be rocking anyway, Paul. Waves do that. <laughs> But, yeah, all right. I didn't think that one through. But, <laughs> but uh, I would be, I am now absolutely 100% mm -hmm. curious as to where the sex scene was. So if anyone knows, let us know. It could be like a quiz, right? <laughs> right in, if you know where. Uh, best guess wins. What, like spot the ball, but spot the balls? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, the bad guys discover... You, you do, you do realise I'm not listening for the rest of this episode. You're just I'm just think thinking about go, that now. I know. Yeah. I, know. <laughs> I wish uh, I had said it because I'm thinking about it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. 
Meanwhile, the bad guys discover that Matrix was never on the plane, and they run to make a call, just as Matrix reaches the island and starts to gear up. And <laughs> this is just action gun porn, isn't it? As he loads up with enough weaponry to equip a small army with all this stuff, couldn't you? Yeah, he could, yeah. yeah. Isn't there one of what? the hotshot movies where, that parodies this, where he, he just falls over at the end? Yeah, it's also in a Terry Pratchett novel. Is it? Yeah, Which one? A ninja, a ninja, uh, oh gosh, I think it's Small Gods where a ninja like loads himself up with stuff mm-hmm. and then slowly topples over. <laughs> yeah. What about in the office? In, in the office when they find the maps and stuff, could they do? Could they do it there? What? What in in the in the <laughs> in the uh, evil yeah, in bad the, guys um, compound where the yeah, the aisle and the uh, yeah the, yeah the what about all the arms runners and uh, uh, have to be quick, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, all right, never mind. He's probably on the beach at the end of the movie. No, his daughter would be there. <laughs> she, she, she's just watching. He could send her out for an ice cream. <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> all right, yeah, okay. Kirby's there as well. Remember, jealous. Oh yeah, jealous. Yeah. <laughs> He never does that to me. Don't know why he's northern, but all right. Yeah. But plus, he's he's, he's a colonel. He, he'd be doing it to him. He's in charge. <laughs> he's the daddy. Back at the compound, Arius and Bennett are waiting as Matrix gets closer, scoping the place out. Jenny is still digging her way out of the room. Yeah. Matrix reaches the compound as Arius gets the call from his men and orders Bennett to kill the girl. Outside... Matrix plants explosives. He takes out a few guards covertly with stabbings, knife throwings, and a few one-liners. Th- these guards... Uh, it doesn't take them out with one-liners. <laughs> that would be amazing, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you, these guards, though, let's face it, they were obviously hired from Goons or Us, weren't they? I mean, they're the worst guards that you've ever seen in your life. They're the, the stormtroopers. I also have a sneaking suspicion that there's only five of them and they're all just wearing fake moustaches and, you know, uh, actor-wise, you know. Oh, not in reality. Oh, not in reality. In film. <laughs> <laughs> He's not really killing them. They're yeah. just like, oh, I'm dead now. Take off a moustache and run around. There's rather a lot of fake-looking moustaches going on. There is, yeah, yeah. What about in the uh, gun shop? But he's just rammed it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he has. <laughs> the, the, the window. He's rammed oh, the window. Well, the cops okay. are coming, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He couldn't do it there, could he? No. Unless yeah, yeah, yeah. unless okay. they stop off somewhere before they go to the plane. Where would they stop off? They pull into a side street, you know. Oh, in the car. Yeah. Be a bit weird, though, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah, maybe that's why it was I mean, cut out, because it was just weird. Yeah, because, I mean, she's only met him, like, that day. Yeah, yeah. You know. Eventually, the soldiers see Matrix. The shooting starts. He blows the explosives. And how do I go through this bit? I mean, basically, Matrix kills everyone in the entire world, doesn't he? All right, we're done. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty much it. Your your job's easy today. (laughs) When he sets the explosives off, did you see the um, incredibly rigid guards standing outside the barracks as they explode? Yes, I did. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Tough guys. I think, I think actually one of those guards, I think his last name is, is Quinn and his first name is Manny. 
they, they must have been these crack troops. Oh, because they just took it? Yeah, just took it, didn't they? Yeah, yeah they did. Yeah, yeah. As the explosions go off outside, Bennett smiles and whispers, Welcome back, John. So glad you could make it. You made it sound like a sex chat line. But he, that's the way he says it. Bennett discovers that Jenny has escaped, and he goes after her in a very campy sort of rage. What, with tents and stuff? That's right. Oh, okay. He just runs through the boards, doesn't he? Why not? He's that kind of guy. Yeah. Matrix kills more guards, some doing perfect pirouettes as they leap through the air. A lovely bit of jumping. There is, there is. It kind of shows it up even better when they do it in slow motion as well. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. You just expect it to cut to somebody holding up numbers going (laughs) 5.6. I think that's in that Hotshot movie as well. Is that, yeah. is that maybe that's where I've, I've drawn it from? Yeah. I, have a, I right. have a sneaking suspicion as well that they reuse. You know, and you film a shot that's a stunt and you film yeah. it from different camera angles. I'm pretty sure they, they show yes. the same stunts more than once from different angles. Yeah. Back at the plane, Cindy is sending the message to Kirby. Matrix kills more guards, none of whom seem to be able to shoot for shit. Nope. nope. I, I mean, Matrix is just running around with ease, isn't he? <gasps> Well, this explains why he needed Matrix to kill the president, because none of these guys would be able to do it. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Yes. There you go. You've explained it. Yeah. All right. <sighs> and he does use every bit of equipment that he's carrying in this action sequence. He just cycles through. He does. It's like his loadout on Call yeah. of Duty, isn't it? He's just literally swapping guns left, right and centre. Yeah. There's lots of slow motion bullet squibs going on as well. There is, yeah. But at least they're genuine and not CGI oh, like nothing worse. expendables. Yeah. Eventually, some lucky bugger manages to throw a grenade that goes off near Matrix, giving him a bit of a bit of a stitch in his side. He's that tough. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. I, I hate that. Last Friday, right? I didn't tell you about okay. this. Mm-hmm. A grenade went off right behind me. Oh. Ooh. It smarted for hours. Chafing. Oh, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know the name of the guy who threw it. <laughs> I've heard that about you, though, that, you, that you're tough, that you can take it from behind. Uh, yeah, 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 mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Take I take a pineapple grenade. From behind. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. You took it to its logical conclusion there. Thank you. I usually do. I know you do. I've, I've heard that as well. Uh, yeah. He uh, he runs into a shed and he uses some blades he finds as throwing stars and a pitchfork to kill more guards. He even uh, lops off a limb and uh, I didn't like the axe to the gonads. That was a bit, I thought that was a bit harsh. It's a good job he didn't run into a hipster's garden shed and find it just full of recording studio <laughs> equipment. Is <laughs> that like, what the fuck am I going to do with this? Record, record, record an AT track. <laughs> He'd have worked something out, though. Trust yeah, me. look, some dubstep. It, I, I was waiting for some, some kind of uh, AT moment where he built a tank out of everything or something. Oh, yeah, the shed just grows wheels. Yeah. <laughs> Comes out, goes... <laughs> <laughs> that, that would have been something. Yeah. But he picks up a machine gun and he continues his rampage. Bennett chases Jenny down into the basement, almost skipping with glee at one point as he's chasing her. 
Oh, that would be good if he actually skipped. <laughs> Outside, more guards kindly line up for Matrix to mow down with his now massive machine gun. I think that you're probably feeling the same way about this. The kid in me is loving it all mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah, yeah. And we'll pre- I'm sure we'll talk about that at the end when we sum it up. Ernie really does show off that one good expression he's got all through this uh, action sequence, doesn't he? Such depth and range to his performance. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Such urgency yeah. and, and in his face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Jenny reaches the boiler room, still pursued by Bennett. Reaching the main building, Matrix looks for his daughter. He kills a few more people, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah. Arius gets off a few shots. Now, this is that, that bit in every sort of 80s action movie where the bad guy who clearly can't stand up to the hero gets a couple of shots in that hurt him a bit or something. Or happens in quite a lot of these movies, doesn't it? I always find that strange when they have a bad guy that clearly can't compete with the hero. Well, it's even worse. In, we get Arius here, but then it's even worse when he has to fight Bennett. In a minute. <laughs> yeah, it is. But we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Arius gets off a few shots, but Matrix kills him, blowing seven shades of shit out of him with a shotgun and sending him crashing out a window. And that was really difficult to say. It's well staged, this bit, though, I thought. There's lots of long shots of weapons fire and squibs going off. I thought it was quite well directed and well shot. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Matrix somehow hears Jenny's voice calling Daddy and heads down the stairs. He's got, well, remember, he's got super senses. Of course, silly me. Yeah. Jenny is, this is flying through this bit, though, isn't it? No. We... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jenny is hiding from Bennett, but hearing Matrix's voice, she gets up and asks, Daddy? Not quite the way I just said it. But... No, 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 not like a 70s exploitation. No, no. <laughs> but Bennett pops up behind her, a knife to her throat, and whispers, No. Not daddy. Still a 1970s. It's <laughs> <laughs> just my go-to, Colin. You know this. It is, yeah, yeah. Bennett gets the drop on Matrix and wings him with a shot. <laughs> Vernon Wells is great here, though. Yeah, I mean, the, the moment where he nonchalantly asks, John, how's your arm, John? <laughs> it's the way he delivers the line, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Matrix knows how to play Bennett. And he goads him into throwing his gun away and facing him like a man with a knife. And Bennett looks like he's about to fill his pants at the thought of it. That way you would, wouldn't you? Would you? Wait, fill his pants for excitement or... Excitement, fear? yes. Oh, excitement, okay. Mm-hmm. So they fight. Uh, a superhuman-looking man versus an overweight, out-of-shape loon. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. And oddly, it seems that the loon might actually win for a second. Yeah, yeah. Maybe because, you know, him being a, like a, a well-trained muscular commando, he's used to fighting people on an equal standing. So this is just confusing him fighting this overweight buffoon. Yeah, yeah. Prison rules kind of fight. Yeah, it's like, like a chess master playing somebody who's never played chess and being mm-hmm. confused by the weird wacky moves they do. Well, it works because, I mean, Bennett looks like he's going to win. It does, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. He ends up impaled on a pipe. Yeah, with with continuous steam coming from it. And we get the great line. Let off some steam, Bennett. 
Yeah. Oof. Let's all sit back for a second and just enjoy that line. <sighs> okay. Are you done? Get, yeah, you yeah, finished? Yeah. All right. <laughs> As end of movie fights go, it's completely stupid, but it's good fun, isn't it? It's like a WWE wrestling match where the hero has to come back from a beating and win. Uh, yeah. 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 So Kirby arrives on the island in time to greet Matrix and Jenny as Cindy lands the seaplane. Go on. Can I just interrupt you? Um, after that fight, Jenny seems quite happy considering she's just watched her dad kill somebody. How do you know she hasn't seen him kill someone before? That's a good point. Like, boyfriends? <laughs> well, there's no mother. There's never even talk of a mother. Oh, yeah, that, that's actually a good point. There's mm -hmm. no mention of her whatsoever, is there? Nope, not at all. Never brought up. Now, that's a weird one. Mm -hmm. Is there any, like, there's no even a camera pan or photographs? Nope, nope, don't. They're just not mentioned at all. Hmm. She's dead. He killed her. Well, oh. Maybe Jenny okay. killed her. That's yeah. why she's comfortable around death. Ah, that would make sense. Yeah, like like uh, yeah. father, like daughter. Yeah, mm -hmm. all right. That's what we're going with. So Kirby arrives on the island in time to greet Matrix and Jenny as Cindy lands the seaplane nearby, as you said. Yeah, but why is she landing it again? Where's she been? Why she take off? Yeah, because it's just like a boat, isn't it? She, was, she could just she, coast it along. Yeah, to she, the... was she was already there. Yeah. She radioed Kirby. She could have just moved it closer. You don't need to take off, fly around and come back and land down again. Mm. Yeah, because she's not flying she it when, she, jolly? when she's putting the, the call into Kirby. She's not in the air. She's still on the no, water. because you can't... Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Shit this, isn't it? Uh... <laughs> Matrix tells him that all that's left for him are the bodies. And then Kirby, with great tact, asks Matrix if he'd like to start up his unit again. Ah. Anyway, Matrix says this was the last time. Until the next time, smiles Kirby. Matrix turns and tells yeah. him, no chance. So this leads me to the question, are you surprised there was no sequel? You know, Commando 2, Electric Boogaloo? <laughs> It's exactly what I was thinking. I wasn't going to put it exactly that way, but that is exactly what I was thinking, yeah. 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 I mean, I guess this movie was a hit, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. But it, it, the budget wasn't that big, and it made a lot of money. I mean, it's a perfect it's a perfect springboard for a franchise, isn't it? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, very strange. Yeah. But they board the plane, and as a rousing rock number plays... Yeah. Well, we fight for love by the 1980s supergroup, the Power Station. Oh, is it really? Yes, yes, but not Robert Palmer. He'd quit at that point. <laughs> and he missed this. Yeah, well, he was doing his own solo album, Riptide. This is Michael DeBarris singing. It's terrible lyrics, but it kind of fits the movie. Oh, it's atrocious lyrics, but it is one of those songs that pumps you up. Oh, and absolutely. You're like, ah. Yeah, yeah. It, it wouldn't look out of place in a um, sort of mid-80s Rocky movie as well. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But they board the plane and they leave. And that is the end of Commando. So, Paul, what did you think of Commando? Look, I know, that, I know what this is, okay? I know it's a dumb script 
some really questionable acting choices, ridiculous action. But it's got just the right amount of all that stuff to make it an absolute 80s classic in my book. I, mm-hmm. I had such a good time re-watching this movie. It's such well-made rubbish. And for all Ernie's shortcomings as an actor, he really fits these kind of roles, doesn't he? Yeah. In fact, this yeah. is probably one of his best roles, I think. Ooh, well, here's an interesting mm-hmm. thing then. Total Recall? Yeah, that's up there. But he's done some incredibly misjudged things as well in his time. Haven't we all? I know. Tell me about it. Right. Podcast. (laughs) Which one? Uh, (laughs) Hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there is a certain also a certain amount of nostalgia for me with this movie. I remember seeing it on video in the Mm. 80s and being blown away by it. Yeah. Probably too young to watch it. Probably, yeah, I would mm-hmm. think so. I can't remember when I first saw it. I, I remember us discussing this movie when we were at school together. Okay, so we must have both seen it on video. Yeah. So that probably helps with the way that I feel about it. Yeah. But it's a hit for me every time I watch this movie, and I, like you said, I'm surprised there was never a sequel. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So what about you? This is a film that makes me look at my film degree and question it because every part of me says I should hate this film Mm -hmm. but I bloody don't (laughs) it's it's stupid it's over the top but it's fun Mm -hmm. and it's real and I I know it's not real but it's not CGI yeah they don't make movies like this anymore, do they? No, they don't. No. no, the physics in this look real. Yes. Unlike certain films that I've just seen. Mm-hmm. Um, the one-liners, like even, it's funny because it's one of those where the one-liners, some of them don't work, but when they don't work, you still like them because you groan. Yes. Yes, exactly. You yeah. don't go, oh, bloody hell. You go, oh, that's terrible. <laughs> Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, mm-hmm. and of course, when they do work, they're fun, and the politics of it are dodgy. But you know, it's a film; doesn't express my opinions. And a lot of the opinions are from oh, yours. I know. <laughs> no, a lot of the opinions are from people that are reprehensible in the film as well. Yeah, yeah. you know. So yeah, but yeah, it's just. Uh... It's it's one of those that you can watch it, and then a few days later you go, I think I might watch Commando. Mm-hmm, yeah. And be quite happy to see it again. Yeah, he's ne- he never gets boring, does it? No, no. So for me, it's a miss. It's a terrible film. <laughs> no, for me, it's a hit. Excellent. And it's certainly up there with one of the best Ernie films. Which is? Oh, I mean, like, I like Total Recall. Is that, is that probably your favourite one, is it? Ooh, my favourite Ernie film. Yeah, I think so. Total Recall, Commando, Predator. Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Yes. Oh, hold on, let me redo my listing. No, uh, Predator, Commando, Total Recall. And, of course, Terminator 2 and Terminator. Yeah, I, I would 
probably pick the same movies actually yeah yeah mm -hmm. okay. so that's it then right yep we're done oh yeah yeah you need to do the end bit <laughs> all right Woo. well thank you for listening to this episode of retrospection thank you to our patron supporters bye <laughs> bye <laughs>